0: Hey guys, Chase here. Before we dig in, I just wanted to let you guys know, um, firstly, sorry, the episode is late. Uh, We meant to have this out for the fourth, and it just didn't happen. We had a million and one technical issues. And you may know that in California, we had not just one earthquake, but quite a few. Um, But we're all okay. We are totally fine. This episode just didn't happen on schedule. And we're sorry about that. Um, I also wanted to let you know, uh, Matthew is our guest in this episode, and he kind of sounds like a robot. Uh, We had some encoding issues, but I promise you, Matthew is not a robot, and it's not unlistenable. Um, It's totally fine. I just wanted to give you that heads up if he sounds like he is having a, like robot uh, stutter. Uh, That's just the encoding. It was not great for the process we did and we'll be working on that for future long distance episode recordings. Um, And there is an earthquake in the middle of this episode. Um, So if you ever wanted to know what Californians do in an earthquake, we keep recording like professionals. Um, So I left a little bit of that in there for you. So enjoy our episode. Thanks, guys.
1: to drown out a podcast about disney animated film i'm your host brooke i'm your other host chase and we have a special guest today Woo, we have a special
0: guest so this is my cousin's husband matthew that is how he Hello. asked to be introduced being married
1: to aubrey is, is a very big accomplishment congratulations matthew I did you. good
0: it's also uh, <laughs> quite a job commitment so
2: <laughs> you have no idea
0: you might remember Matthew from our mini where we watched the Aladdin and Frozen trailers, so he also watched Robin Hood with us, just didn't talk about it with us.
1: Matthew, you were the one who pointed out that the Sheriff of Nottingham looks like Ted Cruz. Yes. And that, means, that just means that you are just, to me... You're a very, very important part of, like, the whole history of this podcast because <laughs> finding out that the Sheriff of Nottingham is the Zodiac Killer was just very big for me. I True. do
0: what I can. It's truly an eye-opening moment.
1: Uh- <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I, it's something I've pointed out to my family since then, and they're like, oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> so today, Brooke, what movie are we watching? Why did we invite Matthew here?
1: We we are watching Tron today which so, neither of us have seen. <laughs>
0: nope. Um and I guess I feel bad for making you introduce this movie because I'm the one who insisted we watch it. I really want to watch this movie because it's we're in the middle of the dark ages and it is an example of animation on top of like live action which we've done before, but it's like digital animation which I don't yeah. know. I'm really excited. Well,
1: I did a little bit of research and um Turns out that Tron is in the Guinness Book of World Records. I didn't know you could be in the Guinness Book of World Records for being a first. Oh, but, it, it, but Tron is the first feature film to like really fully use CGI. That's so cool.
0: So now I'm like totally yeah. excited to watch this movie.
1: Yeah, and actually, like <laughs> they were shut out of the Oscars. Like it was nominated for best costumes and best sound, but they were shut out of the uh, special effects category for for the because the Academy was like, "Oh, you used computers. That's cheating." The bath just still up. The Baftas nominated them but they didn't win which I don't know I guess that means that this is that this is really bad or that nobody just knew knew what they were doing with movies in the early 80s which I am prone to believe
0: <laughs> I can like feel my animator friends just like writhing in agony of like mm, computers don't count like whoa oh. there.
1: yeah but it was basically frame by frame animation is what I'm reading is that they had to go in and there's something called light cycles I guess and they had to like put in the coordinates for each image to make it move it was basically frame by frame traditional animation just on a computer Okay, Probably this, in Taiwan.
0: <laughs> this sounds super rad. Um, let's put a pin in it and, and let's keep, yeah. Let's get to know let's Matthew. You, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew, yeah, exactly. we invited Hello. you to watch Hello. Tron with us because we've I never am. seen it, um, and you so, have. Did you grow up with it?
2: I did not grow up with it, so my introduction into Tron was actually with Tron Legacy. Fell in love with the movie. The album for Tron Legacy was phenomenal, so I was like. Uh, what's the beginnings of this whole universe? Yeah. So going from Tron legacy to Tron is a drastic change.
1: Oh, I bet. Cause that was like what? 2010,
2: December, 2010. So oh, okay. Okay. almost nine years,
0: super different vibe. I imagine. Oh, I bet.
2: Very.
0: What Disney films did you grow up watching, if not Tron?
2: So I grew up with Aladdin. I remember having Beauty and the Beast. Maybe my favorite one was The Lion King. A good choice. I do remember watching Lion King and Aladdin on repeat.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. And so what's your favorite Disney film now? Like, it could still be one of the old ones. It could be something that's newer, like, because, you know, you just get more exposure once once you grow up.
0: And you married Aubrey now, so you must have seen more yeah. Disney films. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: absolutely. So my favorite will probably always be um, The Lion King. If we want to talk technical, since Disney now owns it, Star Wars is what I grew up, <laughs> up on. But uh, another one uh, that I quote quite a bit is Emperor's New Groove.
1: Oh, that one's so good. Choice
2: yes
0: yeah of Uh. the star wars trilogies which one is your favorite like which trilogy do you like best
2: uh the original trilogy is forever going to trump the other two but
1: it's just got so much it's just it's just so special like there's a reason that like we went beyond those three
2: yeah but who knows maybe with the rise of skywalker it might redeem Um... the last jedi for me because i was not a fan of that one
0: I am super excited to watch Rey go head to head with a tie fighter.
1: <laughs> I yeah. I saw I saw Toy, Toy Story 4 recently and we had that trailer for Rise of Skywalker and it was just I had seen that trailer before but my brother sitting next to me had it and I was like <gasps> We get to watch Rey backflip into that TIE fighter <laughs> with her lightsaber on a huge, enormous screen. And I was just so happy. Like, I'm, I, it's really hard to get me into a movie theater. And I was kind of grumpy about it because I had just woken up. But um, that moment was pretty nice.
2: <laughs> yeah. This new trilogy in Star Wars, the, the trailers alone have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Force Awakens was good. Last Jedi. I mean, there's column A and column B. I'm on column B side. But... Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we yeah. literally talked about this when we were discussing the Aladdin trailer. You and I were like disagreeing yes. on Last Jedi, but we'll do our own podcast. It's fine. <laughs>
1: Ryan Johnson just might be one of those directors where it's like, you you just like him or you don't. He's pretty distinctive, I think.
2: Yeah, I I feel like The Last Jedi was not made for me.
1: I can see that. There is
2: an audience for it, but... I feel like I was not that audience for it.
1: That's
0: fair. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's like a really good analysis of a film. Like, I feel like so often we get caught up in like, it's a good movie or a bad movie. And like, even Brooke and I do this with Disney movies. Although to be fair, we haven't, I don't think we've run into one where like, the audience is not a young white woman. Like, I think we are yeah. pretty <laughs> much always the target audience. Well, but I think that I, there's a keen <laughs> difference between this movie is not for me and this is a bad
1: movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. we appreciate you making that- that distinction that's good analysis oh geez what are other questions favorite Who,
0: hero or, or princess princess if you have one if you have one,
2: <laughs> you have one. So i'm gonna say my favorite hero is a sort of anti-hero and it's going to be Kronk from emperor's new Groove.
0: yes
1: Oh, I love Kronk. His
2: hero's journey
0: is certainly comparable
2: to Cusco's. Yeah. Yeah, He has a heart of gold.
1: He is. He's a good boy.
2: He's just hired by the wrong person.
1: Yeah. He's so dumb, but he's a good boy. (laughs) I feel like they could stick Kronk in Dream Daddy and he would be very popular.
0: (laughs) Did you ever watch the second movie, Kronk's New Groove?
2: I have not seen that yet.
0: Okay, maybe we'll have to have you on for that
2: sequel. (laughs) I'd be willing to watch it. It was straight to video, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, But I seem to recall it being fairly funny. Um, Okay. And I'm pretty sure it's the thing that spawned the TV show... Emperor's New School. Yep. <laughs> that was a thing that happened. Uh, There's so many
2: spin offs that I just don't know about. Like, I often forget that there was more than one Lion King movie.
0: There are three Lion King movies and two TV
1: shows. Oh, yeah. Also, are you excited for um, the upcoming Lion King remake?
2: I am. So, my wife and I just watched a uh, video this morning, I believe, of it was. Kind of a trailer, but it was more of, like, a get-to-know-the-cast video. Hmm. Okay. But it was really cool to see the process of them almost taking shot for shot of the video of the uh, original film and um, pretty much updating it but doing their own little twist to it but okay. no it was a, it was a really neat video if you guys haven't seen it i can send you the link to it
1: that would be really nice and so it's not motion capture at all
2: so i don't believe so i believe oh they didn't, they didn't show
1: every, anything like that okay.
2: i want to say at least what they showed in the video Everything is CGI. I don't see anything being motion capture.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this entire film is CGI. CGI live action animation. Is that the term for it? Or live action CGI? Some, there's a term that's like animation and live action in the same word. And it often gets shorthanded to live action when it probably should be shorthanded to animation. Um, okay yeah,
2: I think it's like live action CGI. yeah
0: we don't really need to talk about this but yeah sorry we, we fall I just like, like fur is one of the hardest things to animate like fur and water are two of the most difficult things to make look realistic on a computer and so mm-hmm. I'm just so excited for what they've accomplished with this film. Yeah, I can't wait.
2: The amount of detail, and Toy Story is probably a good gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very specific word. <laughs> Comparing Toy Story one to Toy Story four, mm. just the amount of detail that they've been able to add since then,
0: the progress. Yes, that's like wilds me too because I remember like one of the reasons Toy Story exists is because early animation looked plasticky. So the things that we could animate really well would have been plastic toys. And coincidentally, vegetables. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why the big CGI things of our time were Toy Story and Veggie Tales. Which, I just think that, like, you're right, that's a very good, now I'm looking for, like, the word. Um, but, like, para, mm, ultimate, para, mm, whatever. It's a good example. Paragon. Paragon. <laughs> Paragon, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Um,
0: I think you're absolutely right, Matthew. Like what we've come from of like rubber penguin with a squeak toy, which I guess is Toy Story Two, but <laughs> to like the threads on Woody's vest. Like mm-hmm. pff, crazy detail. Well, yeah. with that are we ready to go watch in? old cgi movie oh wait we didn't ask favorite villain we forgot Our to ask song. your favorite villain or song
2: favorite villain will have to go to jafar
0: yeah yeah
2: then favorite song i want to say hakuna matata from lion king perfect
0: that's a good one i do have to ask if Jafar's your favorite villain how do you feel he compares to live action jafar
2: so live action jafar he is a handsome dude um, <laughs>
0: big time yes yeah,
2: so the oh. cartoon Jafar, I don't know, he comes a uh, he comes across as like um slithery and like a snake almost, but um and just supposed to be this really I don't know, slimy dude of yeah. sort. Not physically slimy, but but no, and then they uh they have this beautiful, beautiful man now playing Jafar. So <laughs> we'll we'll see how it goes. Oh,
0: so you haven't seen it yet? I apologize, I thought you'd seen it.
2: Oh my gosh, it did come out. Yeah. I have not seen it yet. <laughs>
0: never mind well when you do see it we'll have to we'll just ask you again when we watch Kronk's new
2: groove together yeah definitely
0: all right uh so with that we're gonna watch tron uh we've kind of already introduced the film so i think we're ready to just go watch
1: let's just go see if jeff young jeff bridges does does anything for us did it so
0: all the things we normally say when we come back from a movie well yeah we still
1: haven't figured out that bit yet
0: so brooke did you like it
1: i kind of did i'm surprised like i here's the thing like there's not really a ton going on with like developed plot or characters Mm. but the effects are beautiful
0: huh I was going to say, like, I love the characters, so I am... Like, like I do like the characters, but they just weren't, like, really developed. Interesting. I Maybe be I'm projecting, because it reminded me a lot of Star Wars A New Hope.
1: Oh, yeah. I could totally see that.
0: It's that same, like, trio, and then, like, there's the sci-fi spacey stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm really surprised this did not do nearly as well as Star Wars, because I felt like I was watching very similar films.
1: Um, I was surprised that they were nominated for best costumes i mean like i guess i guess that makes sense because like the like the actual look of the cost like the the clothing aspects of it are like weird but the effects that they did i bet they photographed it in black and white or something Mm -hmm. and then and then did like the same effect that they used for lightsabers over it. Yeah. Which, which feels like that's even more animation.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. It's not like they were LED costumes.
1: Yeah. But they were still, they were very unique, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was just really cool to look at. Like, and even, even the CG, like, even knowing that it's like early, early CG, it, some, for some reason, it looks, to me, it looks better than some CG from like 10, 15 years after this movie. I'd hard agree. Matthew, what did you think? Rewatching
0: it. So,
2: I do agree with you on how it felt like Star Wars A New Hope. The, gosh, one of the animators claims that he was inspired by Pong. The old Pong game. I can see that. Uh, the old Atari Pong game. He said that he drew a lot of inspiration from it. And um, then it kind of like went from there.
0: Well, isn't that, isn't that the game that they're playing at the beginning? I feel right? like,
2: oh, no. Um thought they
0: were playing light. Oh, not the, sorry. The yeah. There yeah. is a guy Things on a computer playing, playing like Pong at one point, though, right? Am I crazy? Did yeah. I imagine that? Okay. I was like, wait. Yeah, I believe-
2: <laughs> I believe one of the folks in the arcade was playing Pong. but okay. um, I feel like when he was interviewed, he was like, "Yeah, Pong inspired me," but then I feel like, no, nah, he probably watched Star Wars, and he was like, "Oh I yeah, totally." I can do that too. The
0: Arming- holy! <laughs> shit, I'm having <laughs> an earthquake. Really? Yep, I'm having an earthquake right now while we're recording. Uh, Brooke, you might feel it shortly if you didn't feel it okay. first.
1: Okay. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't felt it yet, so it's still going. Oh,
0: do you feel it? There it is. There this it is, is. is not holy. <laughs> this is bad. Oh my Go god. Grab- <laughs> um
1: <laughs> I only had one big lurch.
0: But I have okay. So this is the second earthquake we've had in like I don't know a couple of years. I've been recording both times.
1: Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. My Twitter feed is like one, two, three, four tweets in a row stacked, and all of them are just completely (laughs) like earthquake. Almost even one word.
0: That's the two things you can guarantee from California social media is (laughs) if there's an earthquake or rain, everyone will post about it. (laughs) I'm sure some of this will make it into the cut, but not all of (laughs) it.
1: So Tron opens up there's like we're in an arcade and we're in we go into the computer and there's a race going on like mo- it's like competitive snake and you can see little dudes in the in the in the light cycles and there's a crash and they di- and then they're bringing somebody in and he's like, okay, little program, you have to play the game now He's like, wait, I'm just a uh, am just I'm just used for accounting. I can't play video games. <laughs> My, u- my, my user Mr. Henderson is a full branch manager he'll be very upset about this and my first laugh of the movie was uh, the guard saying oh great another religious nut <laughs> which, is an- which is another thing that made it feel Star Wars
0: yeah I also got very strong like um, my father will heal about this
1: <laughs> oh yeah absolu- absolutely but like weak corporate America version <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um, Eminem tell me boss on you (laughs) Yeah. And then we meet Sark, who is like a minion of something called Master Control. And we're like, okay, what is going on? And then we go, meanwhile, in the real world, and we see an interaction between two different young Jeff Bridges. One is... The hacker dude, Flynn, and then the other one is his program, Clue, who's in like a little CG tank infiltrating a system, which I don't know, like is... Maybe this is also one of the earliest hacker movies too? Probably.
2: It it might have been. And actually, I wanted to jump in on that. So Tron Legacy, Clue plays a very big role. And I completely forgot that Clue was even in this movie.
1: Yeah, because he dies like almost immediately. Yeah. Oh,
0: interesting. That's... That's super interesting. We'll have to we'll have to watch Tron Legacy, I guess. I mean, if we're going to yeah. watch Mary Poppins with Lin Manuel Miranda, then we get to watch Tron Legacy, right? That's how that works. Does that mean yeah. we also right. have to watch the Star Wars sequels? Cuz those are the only ones yeah. made by Disney. Um, Which
2: the new Mary Poppins is pretty good, but moving along. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The way the movie introduces this weird, fantastic world of programs is so interesting. Like, it's a very steep learning curve. You're just brought right on board. Like, what's going on? Why is everybody a computer program? I don't understand. And I don't think, like, it does a bad job of explaining those things throughout the movie. But it is a very hard buy-in, I would say. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's not, like, totally developed, either right I
0: mean it certainly helped that we went in knowing like computer programs and like we live in an age where we are familiar with computer programs and like their jobs and stuff yeah um, but I imagine
1: in 82 that would have been tough when, right you know, right almost no almost nobody had a had a PC at home right
0: well um, and I at least like had the introduction of the Kingdom Hearts version of Tron. Um, (laughs) So even though I hadn't seen the film, I kind of like knew what Tron was and I knew what a light cycle was. (laughs) (laughs)
2: And I haven't seen the Tron animation um, show that came out just after Legacy. But I think from Legacy that the the whole background of a program, I don't think they touch on it at all. They don't say, oh, I'm like an insurance or something like that. Whereas they do here where they're like, oh, I work or I'm a uh, accounting program or something. So I don't think they hardly ever touch on this stuff. And there's a whole like slew of storyline right there for the picking
0: yeah absolutely so storyline underdeveloped let's talk characters though which i love them very much <laughs> so we meet jeff bridges yeah who's, who's like a hacker type Flynn. Uh, oh and
1: he he is so han solo it hurts so han solo
0: he's the 100 percent 80s dashing hero oh who yeah like doesn't have a care like in the when world
1: he, when he's himself and you can and his hair isn't in, in like a weird helmet like I, I get it i get it i I
0: actually just realized i'm like oh wait that han solo 80s hero archetype that's a hundred percent what i imagine Sirius black is like
2: it explains yeah. so much yep. it does jeff bridges pretty much plays the same character in every single movie aside from like true grit and well, oh gosh what's his other serious movie maybe iron man he has a couple jeff bridge moments in iron man but he oh pretty gosh, much played who is B- he in there. iron
0: man the bad guy so the first one he is obadiah stain
2: Ob- obadiah stain yeah what I,
0: cannot... I need to like look at a picture of obadiah stain because my memory is
2: not computing this <laughs> Yeah, that's that's bald Jeff Bridges right there.
1: That's crazy. I the thing the things I know about Big Lebowski like just kind of comes from it being part of the culture. But I don't know if they're like you think that Flynn is like Lebowski.
2: Almost one and the same. If you were to put Lebowski <laughs> in an arcade, that's Flynn right there.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought he was like a little more chill than that.
2: No, I feel like Jeff Bridges just plays. A dude, but he also happens to play the dude.
1: He he, he is the
0: dude, he the is. guy. Wow. Um, so, who are our other two characters? or other um, two got, main characters.
1: We've got Alan, who works for a company called Encom. We pretty quickly this company is evil. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's funny that Enron was founded after this movie. Like, I'm sure it wasn't, like, totally related. But, like, you hear the name Encom and you think of Enron and, like, come on, dudes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I guess they didn't have branding in 1980 or something.
1: (laughs) I guess not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the helicopter scene... Where Ed Dillinger is introduced, man, I really wish I had that helicopter. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Ed Dillinger is our bad guy.
2: Yeah, helicopter with mood uh, lighting.
1: We so we have Alan who works there. He's kind of he's kind of a high level guy to, in a cubicle, and I loved how they did the cubicles because they actually they took an office in Disney Studios to use for those bits, and like the cubicles even look the same as like when we go visit our friends at um, TVA. Yeah, it looked very similar to that. But then they did a map painting. The, as the backdrop to make it look like an even bigger office. Yeah, it worked really well. Yeah, um, it was it was really good. They gave Academy yeah.
0: Awards for background paintings that deserved it for sure. <laughs> Just that shot.
1: <laughs> also, we go into like a lab kind of setting, and we meet Laura. And we do, she- and she and Alan clearly have a
0: flirt relationship. He likes her. That's obvious. Um no, I think they're together. They are dating? Cause
1: that makes his comment more rude. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They're
2: definitely an item.
1: When we first meet Laura, she's working in the lab with I don't remember his name, some old guy. Um I remember his computer name, but not hit like who he is in the real world. And they're doing this matter transform test. Basically they're gonna upload an orange to a computer, like a physical orange. And she says, here goes nothing. And then the (laughs) other guy just mansplains what they're about to do to her and they put the orange in the computer and then they put it back and that just just made me laugh so much. I
0: get that like they needed that because they needed to explain to the audience what they were about to do but I know if like well I would hope if they wrote that line today in 2019 they would flip where like the guy's like here goes nothing and she's like um well actually... (laughs) (laughs) Just for some subversion.
1: That would be fun. So we see Laura and Alan kind of walking around because Alan's been locked out of the system. Yeah, his
0: Tron program is what he's created as a security system, but it operates independently of the master master. program.
1: Yeah, so he's been shut out and he's like, okay, something is wrong here. We need to figure this out. And then Laura's like, well, let's go to Flynn then. And he's like, ugh. And he makes a lovely comment every
0: boyfriend should make about ex-boyfriends.
1: Yeah, and she, she said something like, oh, well, Flynn had a lot of access to the system. He could probably help us out. And then he, Alan says, Flynn had access to you, too.
2: <laughs> Someone's sleeping on the couch after that comment.
1: They're yeah,
0: in a absolutely. workplace and they're talking about work. And like, it made me so mad.
1: Somebody yeah. call HR. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a little scene with Dillinger and the old guy where he where he's like, Hey, the Master Control program is like doing a lot, and people you're lot if you're locking people out, then you know, you're gonna start getting some frustrated workers. And apparently this this old guy founded the company and Dillinger's like, no, this is my thing now, and you know, basically like kind of threatened him a little bit. He's like, Well, sometimes I wish I was back in that garage where I started this company, and now Dillinger said like that can be a rain. <laughs> and I like the way that Dillinger interacts with Master Control. He's just got like giant flat desk. That's all like that's basically the monitor and he can just talk directly to it but he still types and talks yeah it's weird but it's all built into the desk which just i don't know i don't know why that reads super villain but it does <laughs> it does although also like i want why aren't computer desks a bigger
0: thing at least monitor desks that's oh, yeah. such a cool thing that we sh- i guess we don't like looking down at our screens we look up at screens yeah I,
1: yeah. i feel like that would posture people would just
0: yeah would flip.
2: it promotes terrible posture but that was also a big thing thing in the 80s was those tabletop arcades
0: oh yeah Uh, oh
1: yeah
2: yeah there was a a pizza place in my hometown way back in the day um we had a top-down fighter jet game and it also had pac-man on it
0: oh Mm -hmm. there's one brooke if you ever want to go there's one in a ramen shop in claremont that we could hit Oh, up. cool. I think well, it has the fighter jet one.
1: And there's actually um, Pac-Man Battle Royale at the, there's an arcade in Ontario Oh, nice. That has, that has, um, it has, I mean, it has a lot of cool stuff, but it has that Pac-Man battle royale, basically like four player pac competitive Pac-Man, which is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that sounds like fun. All right. So we got big, super evil villain who threatens to fire the heart of the company, the old man who tirelessly works on his programs and And almost fires Alan, who is like the, the only like moral guy left apparently or something. Yeah, And so Alan and, sorry, remind Linda? Laura. Laura. Gosh. What's her? 80s girl name. Well, and it's spelled L O R A in the subtitles. Of course, it is because it's technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so they go to get Flynn from they go to his arcade. Flynn's arcade, um, and so yeah. we find out that Flynn used to work in the company income. or no he used to work he was friends with Dillinger they were like partners and then Dillinger I, they were cr- stole his stuff
1: yeah and he, and he tried to like say hey this stuff is mine and he was basically fired mm-hmm. and Dillinger got promoted and one thing I, I noticed when they go upstairs to Flynn's like little living area like his little apartment above the store and there are like rainbow hangings on the wall there's like up along one of the walls there's like kind of a scalloped rainbow design thing and then above the desk there's another little art display it's in a rainbow pattern yeah um,
0: and then they like all three sink into bing bags which is very 80s but also
1: was but like, very it, threesome-y there there was just uh it did have that energy and the bi- and the bisexual flag wasn't invented until like the early 90s so it works definitely could have a history with laura and like still have um ust with with alan <laughs> yeah.
0: so like straight up the facts are these the gay pride flag <laughs> was already invented before Tron came out and was already a thing. Within Flynn's apartment, there is rainbow iconography. And then they like casually lounge on some beanbags. Uh, all three of them. He takes his shirt and
1: puts on a new one because yeah, he li- playing video games makes you sweaty. <laughs> yeah,
0: which to be fair, I have played some video games that have given me enough stress to sweat.
1: But not to soak through a shirt like that. That's just fan service at that point. I mean, it's Jeff Bridges. I think that
0: Jeff Bridges, I think it might have been like in his contract that he <laughs> had to take his shirt off at least once in the film.
1: Yeah, that, that's fair. So they're like, okay, let's go. Uh, gotta go get revenge. Like I just
0: needed to like clarify. Matthew, do you get any gay energy off of this scene with the three of them chatting in the bedroom? Or is it just mm-hmm. Brooke and I with our queer lenses
2: get on? get very comfortable energy with that group. I don't know, the the dialogue between Jeff Bridges, Flynn and Alan, it's very, it feels very clear that, Flynn is out of that duo or trio, if you will, and he is the ex, whereas Alan and Laura are the item at the moment. So I don't know.
0: Do you get vibes Mm -hmm. that maybe Alan and Flynn had a history at all or a future?
2: Maybe. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know. There's definitely a working relationship between them. I know after or towards the end. It's implied that they have a better relationship, but here, I don't know, for how close proximity it is that Flynn is around these two, I don't know if I'd be as comfortable as Alan is with Flynn being around
0: I think that's a good point. Is like they set yeah. up Alan as like he's going to hate Flynn because he's jealous, but then like the minute that all three of them are together, there's still tension, but there's just not the tension you expected.
2: Yeah, yeah you get you get a sexual tension. Essence as as there.
0: <laughs> I mean, it helps that he takes his shirt off very quickly. Yeah, yeah.
1: it does. Well, and um, and there was a line that was just kind of like Lynn kind of being a dirtbag ex too. Like, like not. It was almost on par with. With Alan's comment to Laura at the at work, Lynn asks Alan, "Does she still leave her clothes all over the floor?" And Alan answers, "Yeah." (laughs) I mean, and then she gives him a look, and he's like, "Well, sometimes." just having a real good day. All right. So they
0: convince Flynn to help them um, figure out what's going on with Master Control. Sorry. What does
1: the MCP actually stand for? Master Control Program? Yeah. Oh, Oh, and so then we have another scene with Dillinger and Master Control. And basically Master Control is like, it's developed an AI so powerful that it just basically like it's seeking out every program it can to incorporate into itself. And it's hacking into different corporations and taking their stuff, I guess, and now he's like, "Well, I want to try the, the Pentagon and the Kremlin next because I can run things better than a human." <laughs> sure. So just hack so that the th- so, so, there, so there's so there's a reason to um, so the humans are like, "Yeah, we got to go get revenge and you know go see what's going on with the company," and then the, the program that runs the company is like. Pfft. World domination, baby. (laughs) It's
0: not a true villain if they're not out for world domination.
2: I wonder if Master Control Program was based off of Ultron from the Marvel Comics.
0: Interesting.
2: Because Ultron is very much the exact same thing as Master Control Program. He was created and then he develops a, a personality of sorts. And he's like, well, you developed me to make things better so i am and just so happens that all of this stuff that kind of keeps things together is flawed in some way so i'm going to get rid of it
0: i think that's a common ai plot point i'm sure it's a trope on tv
2: tropes well it is i mean you can (laughs) you can find the uh the similarities with like the terminators too
0: (laughs) oh yeah and then um, iRobot had the big interface machine thing. hmm I don't remember her name. I'm Googling first world-dominant AI. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's giving me news about AI. I don't want that.
2: <laughs> it's begun.
0: Oh, when did Bicentennial Man come out?
1: Like 2000,
0: 2001? Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, oh 99. Gosh. 99. Because that's another one. Now I'm on a list so, of, like, AI takeover movies. Thanks, Google. <laughs>
1: so, um...
0: Okay. First AI takeover movie. I've got it. Metropolis, 1927.
1: I love Metropolis. It's such a good movie. It's a silent and it's German, but it's beautiful. The art deco iconography and like just the over the top moralism of the story (laughs) about like God and socialism, like being the saviors of men, like. From, from 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 capitalist ex- exploitation it is it's um I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore but that's where I watched it for the first time a few years ago it's a beautiful movie like if you can handle silence I highly actually even if you can't handle silence this is I would give it a try with metropolis.
0: Um, have you seen Colossus the Forbin Project? No. That is the next one I can find in 1970, um, which I only really care about because it's produced by a guy named Stanley Chase, so, mm. you know, I feel a bond with it already. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything between 1927 and 1970, but we are not new to the AI takeover by the time we get oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. Tron.
1: Well, Metropolis, it's more of a robot takeover, but- yeah. oh, okay. Well, but the robot
0: has its own intelligence, right? It does. And it counts as AI.
1: And then we get our trio going back into work. Mm-hmm. And Laura and Laura takes Flynn up to her terminal in the lab and then goes with Alan to his office. Flynn's hacking in and Master Control's like, no, you're here. What are you doing? I'm going to stop you.
0: Do we ever um, see what Alan and Laura... I don't remember ever seeing what Alan and Laura are doing throughout the film. No,
1: we, ne- we, we, we
0: never see it. So they're just doing something important that's not useful at all.
2: Or probably yelling at him for his uh, offhanded comments to Flynn.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd read that fic. (laughs) So the master controls like, here, I'm going to bring you into my turf and turns on the upload ray and Flynn is uploaded to the computer. And the sequence of him kind of going into the computer, like, it's got kind of a 90s screensaver aesthetic. Or, like, Mm -hmm. this probably sounds weird, but when you were a little kid, did you ever, like, close your eyes and then kind of, like, move your hands over it to, like, get sort of a light effect? Yeah, I still do that. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's what it looked like to me.
0: (laughs) When I was a little kid, like, uh, yesterday when I couldn't fall asleep? Yep, I did that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then Master Control tells Sark his you know, minion dude. He's like, hey, you need to, so this is a user that I've put into the computer. You need to put him in the games until he dies there. And Sark's like, uh, that, like a user? Like, come on, dude. Like, that's, that's weird. And then Sark's threatens, and then MC threatens him and blah, blah, blah. And I don't care about that. <laughs> Flynn's put into like a holding cell where he meets Ram and Krom. Um, I love Ram. <laughs> Ram is great.
0: I, the one thing though, like, within about like 10 seconds of meeting Ram, I went, oh, you're going to (laughs) die.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And there was definitely a moment where I was like, here it is, Ram's death. And then he didn't. And I got hopeful. I was like, oh, he's going to be okay. (laughs) And then he still wasn't. He did in fact die. I was. Yeah. I was right the first time. Yeah.
1: And Ram's kind of like explaining everything to Flynn and Flynn's like pretending to be another program because Sark is the only one who knows. Um, Flynn,
0: like, Flynn struggles, but he cottons on pretty quick.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And um, we also meet Crom, who is like our accounting program from the beginning. And Ram just has this moment where like he talks about he's like, yeah, as an actual program, like for I worked for an insurance company, I help people plan their futures. And I just felt really good about that. And it was like, oh, man, it's like in any war movie where, like, you meet the sweet boy from the south.
0: Yeah, and that's the <laughs> moment where you're like,
1: ah, you will
0: not survive this dystopian universe.
1: Yep, that's it. <laughs> you are the
0: childish innocence that will be murdered brutally, as yeah, must he, happen for this narrative.
1: Even though he, it seems like he's probably lasted in the games for a while. Yeah. He
0: lasted so, in the film for quite a while, too. I mean, yeah. he made it farther than I thought he would.
1: Yeah, no, he is a he's he is a good boy. Probably the best boy in the movie. So this um, is where like we
0: start to see that villain hubris, where the MCP is like, "No, I want Flynn to suffer in the games for some reason, even though I'm a computer with no feeling. I clearly feel vengeance or." sadism or something Um, but so Flynn plays the games but refuses to kill programs and then we see the MCP show that he can just kill programs so I don't know why he didn't like digitize Flynn and then kill Flynn some
1: some holes I think Yeah, a bit. Like, like I said, like the the point of this movie is not plot or character. Like we got lucky getting the characters we did, but like the plot is just a vehicle for the, for the effects.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know every, and this is kind of the, uh, the downfall of so many villains is they underestimate the, the hero. it's like, gosh, if you guys just look at the history of supervillains, right? Just everyone like as quickly as you can, don't (laughs) Don't toy with them. Don't put them in the games and then just hope that they have a like a suffering. Yeah, uh, like
1: Flynn, like, invented some of these video games. It's like. Think about it for two seconds. Right.
0: And the MCP knows that. Like, he is intentionally hiding the files from Flynn to prove that Flynn owns the game. So, Mm -hmm. I think part of it, too, is because I was like, have we like talked about this before? Like, villains' downfall? And I think part of it is that we're moving into an era of storytelling where we're used to smarter villains and smarter heroes on screen. And like, keeping that balance becomes more difficult the Mm -hmm. more you power up your villains. And your heroes, like, you want the danger. You want it to be a surprise, but it becomes more difficult. I think because I'm like thinking in the future, I'm probably gonna like criticize the villains' behavior a lot. But I think like okay. this idea of like villains being clever is really cool. But then there's always like a moment where they're not clever, and that's their downfall. And you're like, why? <laughs> but I'm in. sure there will be exceptions.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so they're put into the games, and they they basically they they make a light cycle escape. Like they crash into the wall of this little world, and then they're able to get out. Out. and there's a pretty cool chase scene with like the tanks coming after the three light cycles with Flynn, Ram and Tron. Like this scene, Oh yeah, by oh, the way, was it was so cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very cool. It looked it looked really good. The movement was pretty fun. And like I said, like it just like because it was so basic and it wasn't trying to be as realistic as like Toy Story necessarily, like it holds up better, I think.
0: Yeah, I really think the light cycles hold up. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they look way cooler in the 2010 one, but. Oh, oh, they do. I still loved the, like, they looked really good for yeah what they were. Yeah,
1: too. Mm-hmm. Um, so after they have made their daring escape and they're safe, they find this glowy power water. And so they stop for a drink and... This is I don't, not I don't explained quite, at all. It's not explained at all. it's just, like, okay, and, like, I don't know, but it looks really cool.
0: (laughs) Because a lot of the things in this world have cool connections to actual programming. Like, I like that the programs look like they're users. Like, it's, like, an imprint and, like, kind of cool, like, image of the maker thing.
1: Yeah, so Tron looks like Alan.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. but this thing, I could not, like, I'm not a programmer, but I could not understand what the water would represent or mean... It was very
2: odd. Yeah. yeah, my my wife asked me the question. She's like, what does this water represent? I could not give <laughs> her a great answer. I was like, energy? <laughs> I was like, honestly, I have no idea because they did not bring this back into Tron Legacy and probably for a good reason. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just weird.
2: Did anyone else with the the red and white yeah. guards did anyone else get strong stormtrooper vibes off of those guys? For
0: sure. Which? Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Like I swear, their voices—the uh, distortion in the voices—was almost the exact same too.
0: I mean, it probably could. It could easily been the same technology, a um, voice distortion for sure. I would also say like they're very Nazi based because that mm-hmm. was the fascist society of the time, or like the cultural touchstone for fascist society.
2: Yeah, and that's that's the exact same inspiration that the stormtroopers had was from nazi germany yeah the more i look at this movie with a critical eye the more i feel like it wasn't that original
1: oh no it wasn't
2: (laughs) it was pretty much star wars made as an arcade game Mm
1: -hmm. but like that's how i feel about a lot of 80s movies Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Well, oh, you know what? The water thing might be a weak attempt at doing um, hero with a thousand faces sort of thing. Like an elixir, or like 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 you have to have a moment where like the hero like gets into the water and then comes out changed somehow.
0: Oh, like a baptism kind of trend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah.
0: I guess I can see that, and I feel like they kind of just needed like to explain that programs could get exhausted, like they're running yeah. on power, and that power needs to be replenished. It was just, yeah. And I guess that's supposed to show us like that because Flynn has taken in this power, he can then transfer it to build the thing he builds. I forget what they're called, the mm-hmm. machine things, so that he can fly around. So like, there's that element to it. So it serves, I guess, like a narrative purpose in that but way.
1: It's just not well done.
0: It's Yeah, it's very weird and odd. And yeah. one of those things about the world that you're, like, thrown into, and you're like, I guess I just have to accept this.
1: And it's just kind of like, we need to get Tron to an input-output tower so he can communicate with his user. And I, I thought it, w- it was interesting, but, like, that they kind of live in a- sort of the religious tones of it. It's like, well, the user's made us, so, you, you know, there's kind of a, you know, they're trying to crack down on it, so... And MCP is kind of like, he knows the users and he talks about the users, but he's being kind of a communist about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, talk about like a pantheon of gods that are flawed. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah, seriously. So there's another chase scene. I think around this time we meet Yori, who is a program who looks like Laura and Mm -hmm. definitely has a thing with Tron. But I don't really understand what kind of program she is at all.
0: She's a woman, so
1: pretty
0: much we talked about this it's in last week's episode the mini said we talked about 80s women are just women yeah
2: yeah they're literally just there to uh to look at, at of sorts almost i don't know yuri did not play really any role
0: no. she helps tron sneak in right like that's that's about it and we kind of see, like, she's been helping Tron as a spy, but we don't know what she does or why she does it. Like, yeah, it'd be there... cool if
1: she was the d Rez
0: program. How cool would that have been if she was the one who brought, like, was forced to bring Flynn yeah. into the world?
2: Yeah, that, that would have actually been really cool because Yuri, like, one of her last scenes, boy, did I not like her. <laughs> like, some of the actions that she took towards the end where, um, well, well, we'll get to it, but... Um, the scene where well the the scene where Tron is feared dead or derezzed and she's like Tron didn't make it and within the same breath she practically just kisses Flynn or Flynn kisses her
1: yeah and then two breaths
2: later she's like Tron you're alive and then kisses him I'm like wow she moves on quick
0: I think this is just adding fuel to our threesome theory really
1: yeah, well, and yeah. it's funny because when Yori first meets Flynn, Flynn is, like, kind of entranced by her, and he's he's he tries to be a little bit more familiar with her than, like, he really is because she's not Laura, mm-hmm. and I feel like, I think that, like, Flynn kisses her, Because later, when Yori kisses Tron, Tron's like, that's nice. As as if, like, kissing doesn't really exist in this world.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, like, Flynn taught Yori, and then Yori taught Tron. (laughs) Although, okay, so straight up, like, I miss Tron dying, like... Yeah, we were just sitting it was there,
1: just, like in the middle of a chase scene.
0: Yeah, we were like sitting there, yep, and then they're like Tron's dead, it. and we were like, like "Wait, what? what happened?" We, we had rewind. To rewind. We missed a that. Lot. Oh no, we like I just missed Tron. Like Tron didn't die. That was weird. Yeah. yeah.
2: At no point did I feel like his death was implied or anything. It was like, oh, they crashed. Mm-hmm. And then, like, oh, Tron yeah. died. It's like, huh?
1: Also, I think it's weird that the movie is like named after Tron. It should be called Flynn, right? Like, or like, I don't know, like grid it just should,
2: or something. It should,
1: the grid yeah, would have been a cool name. Yeah, or even something like even Master Control might have been a good name. Mm. Yeah, I could see it's
2: that. It's kind of, yeah, you make a good point because the universe, like, it doesn't really make sense because, well, at least in the animated show, Tron has a more like godlike or hero like. presence or he's not
1: he's not really the hero in this yeah
2: he's not really described he's maybe described in one sentence that he fights for um the programs or for the users
1: yeah like and he's almost he's almost the mcguffin because like a lot of it is just trying to get him to the input output tower to talk to alan i don't know i feel like there's sometimes when like the mcguffin is a character but like i don't know if it's ever been like as blatant as this
0: I guess, yeah, that's what Alan and Laura are doing. Like, we don't see them doing it, but they need to be at the computer to do the interface Mm -hmm. with Tron. Yeah, it's... It isn't about Tron. Like I get like it's a cool name that kind of sets the tone for what the movie's going to be, mm-hmm. but I think The Grid would have worked way better.
1: Yeah, and no characters are developed, not especially not Flynn.
0: I wonder if part of that is that they wanted the programs to feel a little stale because they Maybe. are just like weird reflections of users. Cuz like we get a lot of personality from Flynn and I wonder if they like intentionally wanted to contrast that.
1: That's possible.
0: But that makes it for a less engaging film overall, is what you end yeah. up with.
1: And there's another chase scene, and then Ram is damaged, and then Flynn tells Ram that he's a user, the users are real. And Ram is once Ram's faith is um, rewarded, he can die. And so then he dies.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so actually going back on that chase scene, that is the one and only... Oh well, no, there is before that. No, let me take that back. <laughs> so this is the first instance where Flynn is shown where the users have this godlike power in this universe where pretty much if they hold their hand out they can will whatever into existence. So here Flynn rebuilds gosh, I cannot remember what these things are called. I don't
1: either. They're
2: practically helicopters or something, but
1: the gate-looking things? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's it using with like an Yeah,
0: I think he's using the energy from the water to build it. I don't think it's just that he has power. I think it's that he is transferring energy from the energy source, which is the water to a thing that does not have energy. So it does not function, I think is what they're getting at. But it, again, it's not clear.
2: Maybe. Because not to keep talking so much about Tron Legacy, but yeah. in that one, um, it really shows how Flynn is able to... He understands his power in this universe. So he's really able to just touch the ground and will whatever into, into existence. Oh, yeah. well... So it, it, it does, like it um it shows like Ram's reaction to users how um the users are our god and stuff like that and I hope I please the users and in what yeah. have they take that thought process into Tron Legacy and run with it.
0: Now that makes me less thrilled about Tron Legacy. I don't know if I want to watch a 2010 religious discussion in a computer verse. Yeah, Yeah, Jeff
2: Bridges Bridges is definitely looked at as a god in in Tron Legacy, they definitely um, they're very heavy on making Flynn out to be their Jesus. Not so much in this one, because he only has a couple instances where he shows, oh, this is the power of a user. Whereas like if a program were to say on the solar sailor scene, um, where Flynn is able to redirect that sailor uh, to avoid those, they're called recognizers, to avoid those things catching up to them. But um, yeah, I think there was only two scenes where Flynn shows that he has this, like, godlike power in this universe.
0: And like, on some level, I think that makes sense, right? Like, users create programs and change them. So it makes sense that a user would have power in here, but... I mean obviously it's not that simple (laughs) to create a program or modify a program Um,
2: yeah they had a whole universe of ideas and stories that they could have taken but unfortunately it just sounds like it didn't make enough money for Disney to justify it yeah more so with Tron Legacy
1: yeah well and I thought it was interesting too when Flynn is talking to Tron and Yori later and he's like I got a level with you I'm a user that's how I know about your users because they're my friends. And I love that Tron, like I, it was kind of funny. Tron's like, so everything you've been doing has been part of a plan. Right. And he's like, uh. yeah. <laughs> which I kind of like, it, it kind of ties into like, I, I sort of like the, the, the Jewish idea that like the early parts of the old Testament are God learning how to be God and deal with people. <laughs> like that kind of reminded me of that, <laughs> but it's like, yep, too bad the the, the users are mortal too. That is and,
0: uh, one way to explain Noah's Ark.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's fun just to see these, dorks that i love um just fighting computer fascism yeah or is it computer computer communism because they're they're cracking down on religion uh
0: i mean you can crack down on religion with fascism if you want that's true like
1: that's that's true that j dubs did get sent to camps (laughs) yeah and there is some other fighting and tron talks to alan basically there's just a lot of sort of it's just there's not a ton of connective tissue between like all all the different action scenes we've got not a lot no it's very weak and so and there's one fight scene with something called like screw bugs and they looked like they were hand drawn animation rather than yeah CG. And, like they had they had kind of a fantasia personality to them a little bit
2: was um, that the only scene of the screw bugs
1: yeah yep. like just saying that they were there they weren't like involved at all it was just watching them generate
2: yeah it was like hey by the way We got this. And then after that scene, I don't remember seeing them after that.
1: Yeah. Tron and Flynn fight Master Control. The Borg is defeated.
0: And they go home happily ever after. (laughs)
1: Like, yeah, basically, basically, yeah. it's just like uh, <laughs> Flynn comes back out of the computer, and Dillinger knows that he and like Master Control, what's left of it, like tells tells Dillinger that he's screwed. Well, doesn't
0: Dillinger just come in and like his office is like not working? I thought, or yeah,
1: and but it also reads him the same printout that Flynn got. Right. Brought. right with the proof like it was apparently it was supposed to be a big longer thing but they're like no we gotta do something for the audience to help these dummies understand
2: (laughs) and the the ending was so abrupt like
1: yeah like did we even see alan and laura again
2: yeah so they were on the rooftop when oh yeah that's right that's right on the helicopter and never mind that flynn called them programs and no one called a a doctor for flynn
1: (laughs) yeah seriously
2: he's calling us programs we think he needs help.
1: I mean, like if it's if that was the thing that they were working on, it's like once he explains himself to them, Laura's gonna be like, "Oh, cool, it works on humans. Sorry that you could have died, but." Right.
0: <laughs> I'm sure she's writing her paper on how to digitize the soul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, I have invented immortality. Thank you. Please admire my um, my my '80s.
0: Yeah. Jeez. As well Um, as my brains. I feel like that ending scene, too, with the helicopter, just like it's pushing that threesome agenda, like real hard.
1: So hard.
2: It, It really is, especially with Flynn taking them both in in his arms and he's like hey let's go enjoy our success
1: absolutely totally
2: the ending was so like it felt like they they had to push this off the editing room floor and they were like no we have to get this out we have a deadline to meet yeah and i don't know it it felt like that and you can feel that when movies are crunched for time yeah and this one definitely felt like it was crunched for time because the ending was like and roll credits
0: And I feel like a lot of it, too, was they really felt like the hook of the film was the visual effects, and so they didn't feel the need to wrap the story up any more creatively or in more detail, because, like, you know what the ending is, you know everyone's gonna live happily ever after. What we were there for was the animation, and they knocked that out of the park, and I think just focused on that as their grand finale. Rather than spending a lot of time on like dialogue or anything like that.
2: True. But
0: I mean, like overall, like I still enjoyed the film. But like, I'm a big visual effects nerd.
1: I honestly like there, there's a camp factor to, to to the dialogue that I think that I'm going to make my brother watch. <laughs> but the visual effects, like honestly, like I I don't I don't I'm not equivocating at all to say Tron is a beautiful film <laughs> in its way. Matthew.
2: Yeah the the visual effects. um for the time, and... Just what they did because this was apparently supposed to be a cartoon, um, in the beginning, but then they decided after test reel footage that no, they could they had this technology, they didn't use green screen or blue screen, they used a black screen, yeah, Um, and then they did it like black and white. Why everyone's face looks dark, um, in this digital world,
1: and I thought that was really, really cool, actually, yeah,
2: and it was. Anna, it's such a shame that this got snubbed for special effects. Yeah. at the Academy Awards, but
0: it, it would have won. Should yeah. have. Well, and especially because like they use a lot of similar techniques in terms of film, like that visual cane, even or wow, visual cane, Citizen Kane. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's my brain this morning. <laughs> but like Citizen Kane does a lot of like filming and refilming and combining footage and. That's a lot of what Tron does. They're filming and animating and recoloring. And like, I think that they did a phenomenal job, like not just with what they had, like it looks good. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely deserved that Academy Award. I'm
1: going to look up who got it.
2: (laughs) I think now I might be wrong, but I think it was E.T. And that's one of the shames is that this uh, movie went up against yeah. some really strong competition and yeah, of course
1: cost- costume design they lost to gandhi oh wow oh this is also the year sophie's choice dang <laughs> rough year yeah. yeah seriously uh sound they
0: lost to et hard to beat spielberg in sound
1: yeah absolutely visual effects the winner was et and there were only three nominees et blade runner and poltergeist woof that's a category <laughs> yeah Yeah,
2: going like tron came out during a rough time to compete try to win yeah to try to compete because i
1: mean this is like the early spielberg like that's a that's a force of nature
2: yeah
0: i guess that explains why like why it didn't do nearly so well as star wars it was just the wrong time i guess yeah well i mean like we've talked about other reasons it's not the best and i guess like tron legacy is evidence that it doesn't carry as well as maybe it could have
2: yeah and the unfortunate thing with tron legacy is it made a profit it made gosh i want to say like a 200 plus million dollar profit from their original budget but this was during the time where it was just when it was a blockbuster it was a blockbuster with a capital b so Disney, I think, was in the hopes of making a billion dollars off this with toys and the box office, and mm-hmm. it came out with like $300 million or something like that, oh, man. which they made their money back, but it wasn't enough for Disney. Disney right. got greedy, so that's why we haven't seen a, um, gosh, I want to say tri- uh, triple something, but um, trilogy. That's why we haven't seen a trilogy in the Tron universe because mm-hmm. Disney was like, eh, it didn't make enough money the second time.
0: I'm torn between like, that's a bummer. And then like, actually, I don't know if I care. Cause I never saw either of these movies till today. So
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, the, the way the second movie ends, there's potential for a trilogy, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Like, Does it they- need to
2: happen? no
1: no there's just there's just not enough plot there's just not enough character for that to really work if they
2: want to say that legacy is the ending of this universe it was a solid ending in my opinion okay all right
0: that's fair i know we're talking about it like it's a bummer but we like the movie
1: guys <laughs> yeah we did we did <laughs> like,
2: i think the bummer is is that it just didn't get as much traction as it could have yeah. yeah, because Karen. it it was a very interesting universe. It had a lot of potential, whether it be for toys or books. It had a lot of potential, but it just it didn't get the traction. It came out during a really rough time for like competition because you're going up against Stanley Kubrick and um, Steven Spielberg and, and like, George Lucas. Lot and george lucas like
0: yeah i think if this had come out 10 years earlier it would have been the epitome of a sci-fi movie it would have changed oh, yeah. the game yeah. the way star wars changed the game yeah but i guess like 10 years earlier would it have really had a foundation like computer programs been, yeah. how common were they you know
1: yeah well pcs weren't a thing yet like pcs were basically brand new and in, in yeah the
0: 80s. Well, i mean like hidden figures is 69 and that's like IBM computer machine, so... That's true. We're, yeah, there's not a, a lot, like, yeah, there's not it, another it, time it could come out, but it's a bummer that this is... It probably
2: would have looked it. like Mary Poppins if it came out 10 years prior.
0: <laughs> like, the concept of computers would not have existed nearly the same way, either.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And they wouldn't have had the CG. Right. Everybody's, I think maybe yeah. they had pushed the arcade venue more than the, like, weird computer grid. Yeah. Maybe it would have done better. And they could have sold arcade yeah. games, which were a hit thing then.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure that, like, when I watch this with my dad, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, those were the days. Because my dad was, <laughs> my, my, my mom was 12 and my dad was 14 when it came out. So it was, like, right in there for my dad, at least, because he talks about going to arcades with his older brothers. Mm. <laughs> and
0: we had an arcade at the pizza place that I would frequent in high school. Yeah. Was, was it
1: 25 cents, though? Uh, 50 Okay. <laughs>
0: so, and that was like the hit thing. Even when I was in high school, you go down to the pizza shop and play arcade oh, yeah. games no, and hang like out.
1: The um one of the biggest uh, Pokemon Go gyms um around around my high school is is an arcade.
2: Nice. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I
2: feel like this came out during the time where arcades were just becoming a big thing because this wasn't even during the time of Street Fighter. Like. Yeah. Once Street Fighter came out, arcades were huge.
1: Yeah, this is more like Pac... Oh, yeah, there was a little Pac-Man cameo. Yeah. yeah. So there
2: was a Pac-Man uh, cameo. So,
1: so this is... Yeah, this is the age of Pac-Man and, like, Space Invaders. Yeah. Well, good movie. A lot of potential. Didn't quite live yeah, up like to it, 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 but
0: enjoyable. It, it's
1: worth it's worth a watch. Like, yeah. I think, you know, listeners, you should... If you didn't watch it with this, I would recommend that you watch it at least once in your life and like i said like if you if you have a a camp appreciation or people around you who would appreciate camp like that's a fun lens to look at it through too yeah Um,
2: and tron did do something good they inspired pixar
1: that's true yeah absolutely that's like it's a it's a the concept of going into the computer feels like a very pixar concept mm -hmm. so Uh, Matthew, do you have any social media or projects or anything that you would like to promote?
2: So no projects. Um, Corporate aviation keeps me pretty busy, but um, I do have... And being married uh, to Aubrey. And being married to Aubrey, yes. But uh, I do have an Instagram that... I kind of frequent. Um, we're starting to explore DC a little bit more, so you'll see some uh, more photos popping up. But it's what? Matthew Edward with three T's. Yeah, nice.
1: I love I, I love DC, and so I yeah, that sounds awesome.
2: There's so much history there. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we actually just had a private tour of the Capitol Building. Um, <gasps> This past week. So yeah, just seeing some of the um, the artwork and the architecture around there, it's ridiculous.
1: Be still, my political science made your heart. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, so fun fact, there's a few hallways there in the Capitol building. Some yahoo back in the day thought it was a great idea to paint over some of the artwork. So if you walk through some of the hallways, you'll see just this like beige or tan like paint over the walls. And there just looks, it looks very blank. It was all murals. <gasps> so they are in the process of restoring a lot of this artwork. So you'll see in a couple spots where it almost looks like they're tearing down wallpaper where they're trying to restore some of the artwork
1: that's
2: incredible uh super cool wow.
1: matthew edward with three t's yes anything else Uh
2: not at this time <laughs> okay. once, uh, once star wars or tron legacy is out and about all uh I'll probably be back to talk my head off about <laughs> those.
1: Oh, yeah. And if you want to contact us, you can email us at drawnoutcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at drawnoutcast. Um, you can find me personally at brookamini on Twitter. And it's actually, I'm going to plug my makeup Instagram again, too. It's brookamakeup B-R-O-O-K-A, makeup.
0: Nice. Um, and I don't have social media to plug, but I do want to thank our listeners. I don't think... Like, we are so grateful for you guys, but we don't do that very often. We don't, like, yeah. say it. But we, we have a five-star ring on iTunes, which we have five rings, so that's like, what, my mom, my aunt, Chris and Monica, and me? <laughs>
1: like, yeah, um, we appreciate you so much. And we, we recently reached a thousand downloads, which is... Uh, incredible and seeing like how far away some of you are yeah we just we just we just love you guys and we love doing this and we like and we like uh you know being able to just have disney fun with you guys (laughs)
0: yeah we love like if you want to i mean honestly like i hate rate review subscribe like but it really does like the more rates and reviews we get on itunes especially like that's gonna get more people into the podcast and that would be Real chill. We just want to watch more Disney movies with lots of people. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we're hitting the Renaissance, so...
1: Yeah, we're that's going to be really fun coming up, and next week we will have a mini
0: Yeah, and we'll probably be talking uh, some important Renaissance-related news, like The Little Mermaid, because that <laughs> all happened this week. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> so um, I already salt tweeted, but that's fine. We can salt talk next week.
1: Oh, I, no, I'm, re- I'm retweeting a lot of things about it. <sighs> uh, and and uh, with that, we will see you next week. And this has been a drawn out closing. Bye.
0: This podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening.